say he goes out because I don't think he gets it in there. But his, 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 his process is to get loaded really dramatically and then keep it all together and then get loaded and then it gets shorter and shorter between the uh, catastrophes. Yeah? So on one of his good notes, I sold him a truck. <laughs> My truck. And then, uh, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's gone. <laughs> and uh, he was supposed to pay me a couple of times. And the night he'd be calling me up and saying, oh, I'm coming, and he'd never show up. And he'd just go out and get his ass oil and kicked and stuff. And so this last time was the third time he called me up, and then he didn't show up. And then uh, he called me a couple of days later, and he was the same, same that happened. And so he wanted to... Uh, he had the money finally, so I said, "Well, I'll be right over." <laughs> I didn't say I'll meet you somewhere because that's it would be, it would never work out. So I drove where he was and picked him up like 8:30 in the morning and uh, took him to the bank and he paid me the money. Yeah. And then he had told me what had happened the night before, where he got out, you know, he went off the little advertising boat and got into him, and he got possessed by that juice, and he attracted incredible lower companions, and they. Stole the car, stole all his money, ripped them off with the drugs, everything like that. They yeah. stole the truck? Yeah, they stole the truck. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and he got totally whacked, you know, lost everything, handcuffed, unhandcuffed, everything. And then the next day, now he's with me, and now there's a little willingness, and a whole nother energy formulates around him, yeah? The one energy of the night before, if you would like to say it was evil, but evil is subjective, it's what, what is it evil to you, but in effect, something took him over and kicked his living ass, and the next day, he has a little willingness, I'm with him, I take him to a meeting, he gets surrounded there by people in recovery, a guy, I pass the baton off to a guy, he takes care of him for the rest of the day, gets him to another meeting, has a place to stay, and now is, and he's got 30 people who are willing to drive him up to the Salvation Farm on Friday. <laughs> Everyone's here, here, I'll drive him up. And the total, the, 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 the results are so dramatically different, yeah? The possession by the parasite of alcoholism just fucking kicks our ass. You attract, I had this story about a guy, he came into the meeting while he used to do at the drive-up. 9.29, and the meeting's over at 9.30. He sits down, he had one of those service dogs, you know. He sits down, and then everyone got up and did the serenity prayer. So everyone files out of the meeting, and he's crying, and he's obviously loaded, yeah. And I knew him because he was the secretary before the meeting, for like a year. And I there he was totally wiped out, yeah, possessed by that energy. So we, we decided to go, hey, we're going to go to this coffee shop, let's come with us. So now we get to the coffee shop around 9.35, and he sits, he sits too close to a female patron, and she starts getting angry with him, and she starts talking to the guy who's running the cafe, and they're ready to kick him out, and he's getting very belligerent, and all the people that went with us from AA are getting resentful of this guy. And this is like in five minutes, yeah, the energy. And then 9.40, we take him back to the dry dock, and we're thinking, oh, we're safe now. And he starts talking to the owner, and he starts going off on the owner, and the owner decides to kick him out, and he won't leave. So the owner calls the cops. So now this is 9.45, and the police are coming. Yeah, he's only been 15 minutes. He's appeared in our little movie. 9.45, the police show up at the dry dock, 
and they're ready to take him out. And one of the guys that was with me that night was a, a policeman, and he talked to them, and they didn't want to do the paperwork, so they said, okay, you can take care of him, right? He can't stay at the dry dock now. It's 9.48, 9.50. We walk him to the bus stop, and we, we see him there. We, we're waiting there, and we leave around 10 o'clock. And who knows what the fuck happened to him. He probably got his ass kicked. He probably got arrested. Yes, he probably got ripped off. It was just like an incredible pulsating nuclear reactor attracting drama and bad shit. Yeah? Unbelievable. And yet, for a year or two years, he was sober and it was, he was attracting a different energy. Yes? The parasite takes you over and man, it is not going to be a nice ride. <laughs> because you were having some leniency and some grace and suddenly the shit hits the fan. Yeah? People who you owe money don't forget you owe money. Even though when you get loaded, you forget you owe the money. They don't forget that you owe the money. Yeah? You forget the court date, but the court doesn't forget the court date. <laughs> and then immediately, your life becomes like a bureaucratic flypaper. You're just stuck. People are wanting to kick the shit out of you. Or do I mean, you're just putting out what we call bad vibes. <laughs> yes? Because all we are is like a, a transmitter. If something takes us over and it's, let's say, has that parasitical mojo, you're going to attract a lot of shit in your life. Yeah? The same character, when it gets magnetized in a different way, let's say by what you call the higher power, you attract good things mostly in your life. It's just that freaking simple. And for in, in addicts and alcoholic lives, it's such a contrast, it's so obvious, you see it. Because if you're with someone who's on a run for 30 minutes, it's like being in a cyclone. They're just attracting, I mean, accidents, cars, and people giving you the finger. I mean, everyone's getting mad at you because they're mad at them. Yeah? It's just like that in like such a quick amount of time. And the same person, if they were somewhat grounded in a sense of not just taking off, it's like that parasite's like this, yeah? And you got these tentacles. And sometimes, when you get into the company of, of other people who are in recovery, one or two of them get lifted, yeah? See, there's a little light gets in. <laughs> little light gets in. As soon as you decide, oh, fuck it, it takes you over again. There's like a Thai movie I saw called Shudder. I think they made a, a remake of it, where this person did something to this woman, and these, this group of people did something to this woman, and they were like raping her or something, and he was taking pictures of it. And so now, anyone he takes a picture of, shit happens to him. And so he's going crazy. His whole life is just dismantled and getting so crazy. And he has this Polaroid, and he throws it one day on the floor, and it, 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 it takes a picture of him. And it, it makes this little sound, and the thing comes out. And so he walks over there, and he picks up the camera, and he looks at it. And the picture is this freaking demon woman just sitting on his shoulders, just, just like riding him. Like a freaking horse. That's what it's like, alcohol. It's like a parasite. But when you're in it, it seems Exactly. Exactly, because the parasite, though very hostile, I mean extremely hostile, as you know, eh? if you've been taken over by it, it's not really, it doesn't treat us that well. Yes? So it's a hostile takeover. So it has to have an incredible strategy so that the host wouldn't entertain getting rid of it. How is it going to short-circuit that natural response to a hostile takeover, which is fucking throwing it off? How is the parasite going to short-circuit that? It's got to figure out how to keep the, the host at bay so it can suck its life out, in a sense, yeah? 
This is just a dramatic picture. But it's a sense, it's what it's like. It's like being possessed. So how is it going to, what's the best strategy you ever fell upon? It's convinced the host that it's you. If you believe you're that, no matter how hostile it is, you'll never entertain that you can be free of it because you're identified as it, yes? You will get therapy for it. You'll try to get socialized. You'll try to read tons of books of how to have a relationship for more than one month. Whatever it may be, it's going to attempt to... You'll try to get a little more, like, uh, footage or yardage in the cell, but you basically have given up any possibility of being free. Because the prison is mobile. It's traveling with you, as you. As you. It's not that you're obsessed with the idea of you. You're identified with that idea. It's totally a different ballgame. I mean, really. I mean, I was totally obsessed with coke out here when I was running around. Totally obsessed. I loved that more than anything I've ever met, I guess. And yet, I never became cocaine. I never crossed that line. When I was shooting coke, I didn't think I was shooting me. You know what I mean? It was a separation there that never got crossed. No matter how insane I got, I never became coke. But we are identified with what we've been obsessed over. We've identified as a mental image the mind promotes as us. And And how does that take over, get reinforced? The system of thought that we're living under, which is self-centeredness, yes, which means it's perfectly defined by the statement, it's centered on self, that system of thought takes you to be a body. It doesn't take you to be spirit, it takes you to be a body. So when your head is thinking about you in the past, how does it present you? A body, yes. Exactly. As a junkie thief, as a body. And how does, it, how does it present you when you're worried about you in the future? You as a body, yeah? The whole thought system, it's, it takes you to be a body. So when the thought system is thinking about you, it's thinking about you as a body, yes? That's what enlivens the whole thought system, because for it to place you somewhere at some time other than now, it has to think of you as an object, so it can place you in time five years ago, or in time a month from now. It has to have you as an object, so that it can think about you. It can't think about you as a spirit. It can't triangulate you as a spirit. It can only triangulate you and locate you somewhere at some time, which is not now, somewhere at some time in the thought system, yes, as a body. That's the only way it would work. So the thing, you're thinking about you all day, and that you that is thinking about is represented as a body. And the brain and the head and all the thoughts comes from an organ of the body, yes? So what do people do? They suffer the consequences of taking this identification, which is off, to be true, yes? Once that is set to be true, then tons of false evidence appear real to you. You have no immunity to it. It fucks with you any time it wants, yeah? You can go on a month retreat, or like you go into a program 
people go into a 28-day program, and I always, when I used to share with them, I'd always ask them, what's the most important day of the 28-day program? And I'd say it's the 29th day. All while you're in the program, all, everything can be well, but as soon as you leave, the parasite takes over, because it has you. You think you're special, eternally unique. You can't get the help we need by the fellowship, because I don't recognize you. Yes? I don't see that... I'm not identified with Jeremy at all. I'm identified with what's taken him over. It's the same parasite took me over for a long period of time. Yes? So I recognize him and identify him as someone who's suffered that takeover. Yeah? It's not like I'm, I know Jeremy or he's from San Francisco, maybe I'm from New York. Totally different. But I definitely identify with what's taken you over. And you know what? I identify what's taking you over because alcoholism is just an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness. Everyone is suffering from this identification as a self. Yeah? Your whole life, by that, told by thought and interpretation of feeling, is about you as a body. <laughs> How's the body going to get spiritual? It's pointless. Yeah. Have you tried to grasp spirituality onto a body? People have done yoga 12 hours a day. They look great, but they're still fucking insane. <laughs> they, have the, they have those eyes. I was just in a big talk, a guy who's a whatever. You know? They have the voice and the clear eyes, but they're totally insane. You know, the whatever. Shit. This is like, so it says in recovery, yeah, 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 yeah. We have a daily reprieve from the takeover of the possession of this energy. If you want to call it an energy form or whatever, I would call it a very, very deep mental groove called alcoholism. And a deeper groove called self-centeredness. So it's a real deep groove that amplifies the other groove. Yeah? Yeah. So the daily reprieve we have is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. That's the solution. Now, if you take yourself to be a body, then it's going to look like, as a body, you're going to have to do a lot and have a lot to transform this body into a spirit, in a sense. To, in, in, to inject a whole lot of spirit so the body, instead of taking its own nature, it will be melded with another nature called spirit. Yeah? Or... You can recognize you are spirit, and that's the highest form of maintenance, yeah? Because you're living, you're living the spiritual condition. You're not trying to acquire a spiritual condition. You're not trying to maintain one. You're not trying to get one. You're just recognizing that you are a spiritual condition. <laughs> so, behind every expression that comes through you is spirit. Yeah? <laughs> So, <laughs> it's like in AA, you know, the higher power. It's like the higher power is always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. You're taken out of the equation. When you're, when you're in the equation, your higher power is very infrequent. <laughs> when you need it the most, it doesn't show up. Because what's really playing God is there, your head. Yeah? Think about God, yeah? Think about God. Who tells you how good you're doing around God? You, right? Your head. Do you ever get a big voice from a, from beyond says, you're okay? 
Yeah? No, probably not. It's like you're relying on your head. Yes? It's called that's the dilemma of recovery. Is that we we are playing God, which is what playing God could be stated as is reliance on self. Yeah? It says in recovery, why do you have so much fear? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? How much more that one sentence is meant to ignite a little investigation. Check it out in your own life so that you have a convincing, that you believe with certainty that's the fact for you, that something has defeated me nastily here. And what he's saying in the, in the program is that it's self-reliance. A self that is being presented by my mental process. And my mental process has alcoholism. You can't find it, you can't see it in an x-ray. You can see its effects, let's say, on the liver or stuff like that. But you will not see alcoholism in the x-ray. You can do an MRI, you're not going to see alcoholism. You can do tons of scans, you're not going to see alcoholism. It's a disease of the mental process, yes? And the mental process is what makes up your feeling of being you. So if the mental process that makes up this feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity... Yeah, an idea called self, if that mental process that's making that up is infected with alcoholism, you're going to be living as what we would call an alcoholic self. And that's what we identify with when we go to meetings. I identify with what's taking you over. Because the same thing took me over. Yeah? So the thoughts I thought were mine obviously weren't mine. They were alcoholic thoughts. The feelings I thought no one had, just me, I hear a lot of people share my feelings at recovery meetings. And the heinous things I've done that I totally believe no one possibly could have ever done it, I hear it a lot. You know, it was such a relief when thoughts weren't my thoughts. Yes? The my thoughts, then you have to get them therapy because they're your thoughts. Thoughts, you can be free from them. My thoughts, you can't be free from them. You own them. They're yours, yeah. You may not like them. You name them just like kids. Good, bad, perverted, just whatever. You make you name all the thoughts, your little orphans, but they never leave. Yeah. They just orbit around the biggest old thought, which is the idea of being you. <laughs> and you believe in the thoughts that are driving you crazy. You're the you're the gravitational pull to keep them in place. If you, if you had a thought and just saw it as a thought, it would do what it does. It comes and goes. <laughs> That's what it does. Sometimes it stops and unloads some information because you, put, you inject it with meaning. You do. You and I. Check it out. You and I give everything all the meaning it has all day. That's what you do. It's called a subjective experience. Here. <laughs> yeah? You and I have the same experience, but we have two different takes on it. Why is that? Because we're not having the same experience. The same event's occurring, but your head's claiming it that it's happening to you, and this head's claiming it that it's happening to me. And it can be a world of difference. The same experience, if it happens to you, may look totally different than if it happens to me. Yeah. This is what's going on here. And you and I give everything the meaning it has. If we're identified with this idea of being self, guess what's going to be giving our life all the meaning it has? This little system of thought and interpretation and a lot of old ideas and conditionings and beliefs is going to express itself through us. Yeah? I hate to use the word us because it sounds, seems to imply a you. 
but that's our language. We have a subjective language used by objects. It's a very trippy thing. The subjective language is how the trance keeps going so that you feel like you're the subject instead of recognizing the subjectivity of spirit. Yeah? And everything that's seeing out of our heads is the same, same, same energy. What's seeing out of you right now is the same energy that's seeing you from here. Just like the same energy, to this energy, there's a, you're the you, and to that energy, which is the same, I'm the you. Yeah? So all there is is one subject, and everyone else, as in a body, is an object. Yeah? One subject seeing everyone. When this subject is seen from this little camera tripod, it says that object is you, yeah? And the same thing, when that seeing is happening from that tripod, it says, that is you. Yeah? So, there's only one subject seeing millions of objects. Yeah? The unfortunate thing is, when I ask myself, who's seeing, you know, there's the I'm seeing, I ask myself, who is this I? I say, it's me, which is just an identified you. <laughs> it's just an object, just like that, but I think it's me. <laughs> you see the bondage? It's incredible. You see it? So unbelievable. The same eye is happening, seeing, just right now. Yeah? It seems to be coming out of, it's, let's say it's always everywhere, not locatable. Yeah? So that space, or that awareness, is moving through this little camera, tripod and that camera tripod. So in fact, all there is is one seeing, one eye, one subjectivity, yes? And when it moves through, this object with a mind, a brain goes, I'm the one who's seen. It claims the seeing as something you're doing, yes? It claims the hearing as I'm hearing that. And as soon as you claim the hearing, that thing you heard, you have tons of ideas about it. Fucking unbelievable opinions. You may have never heard it before, but you don't like it. I don't like that. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. The self thing just explodes. But where, 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 what ignites its explosion is the claiming. And the first thing that's been claimed by our mental process is conscious contact. The seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching. And we're seeing thoughts like an eye would see a bird. That act of being alive has been claimed by your head and says, I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's hearing. I'm the one who's feeling. And you know what? That is a huge leap, if you notice. How many times have you become aware of a feeling and then your head says, I don't want to feel that, but you've already felt it. Yeah. I mean, the feeling comes first and then your reaction to it is way afterwards. Because it takes a little while for the mind to claim it. Yeah. So there is an incredible grace period, what I call pause. Yeah? That pause can be an eternity to some at certain times, or it can, be a, it can be never even noticed. But there is a pause between the conscious contact and the mental interpretation of it. Yeah? In other words, there is a sense of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yeah? And then that's claimed by... The mind saying, I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. Where the grace happens is when that moment that seems to be unnoticeable gets to be like an eternal moment. Yeah. You see 
what you're not. You see the activity of the mind producing this sense of being you. You see it. It's like a product. And the whole thought system is there to support that product. So your obsessing over you is really to reinforce the identification. It's nothing to do with what we think it is. It It has a job and it's doing it well. While you're listening to the thoughts under the assumption that yours or about you, it's you're totally in a swoon all day. You're, for all intents and purposes, quite unconscious. Yeah. Because you're unconscious to the basic fact of life, the raw data of life, which is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. We are totally unconscious to that. Yeah? We're hyper-conscious of the me who's claimed the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yes? We're totally absorbed in this. The self-centeredness is extreme. It's incredible how deep it can go, but it's truly unconsciousness. Because we've totally forgotten the activity of being what we are here, which is conscious. So the head, selfing, 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 it's not a noun. It makes up a sense of being a noun. That's why it uses the body, though it doesn't particularly like the body usually. But it needs the body to prove something. And to verify something, so it's in a certain unhealthy, uh, like a, an allegiance with it. But it really tends to don't give a fuck about the body, as you well know. Probably, I don't know. When I was young, I remember I would be doing like uh, two hits of acid, and then my mind would come up with a great idea and say, "Let's take like seven quaaludes," <laughs> which could have killed me easily. But in my mind, I had no, didn't give a shit about the one basic instinct we all talk about, which is self-preservation. It didn't seem to have any instinct to preserve the body. It really didn't. But it sure seemed to have a huge instinct to, to preserve it. <laughs> so even though it's identified with the body, it's, it's not really uh, aligned with the body. It's using it in a sense, yeah? So... The reason why I go into this is because for years, humbly I believe, there's been a misdiagnosis of the root of the problem in AA. We've been taught that it's obsession with self, that's the root of the problem, and I don't believe that. I think that's just an activity of a mind identified itself. And, you know, for me, the proof is in the pudding. I got radical relief when I started to entertain it this way instead of entertaining with, I'm wrestling with the obsession with self, I'm going to do a lot of service and get out of self, but I never actually got out of self. It was like a very, very temporary feeling of being out of self, but always the self would rise and claim it, and then I'd be back in self, seemingly. Yeah? So then I would have to do more service, because I would be in self thinking I had just done a lot of service. Yeah? There would be no, it would never produce a long-lasting solution. It was always temporary because the, the quote-unquote activity of the problem regroups unbelievably because its activity is the claim. So if something happens which is really an event of its own absence, it will rise up and claim it as an experience that it had. It will actually claim its own absence as an experience it had. It's unbelievable, ballsy, telling <laughs> you. But it's working with a lot of unconscious clientele. It really is. I mean, we're totally out to lunch. It just runs the same old, same old. It doesn't come up with much new stuff, I'm telling you. 
You're really concerned about things you've been concerned about for a long time. Yeah? It just switches, you know, names, you know, or whatever. But in fact, this is basically this, the same theme has been in place. An irritable, restlessness, discontent, that it's your job to answer by getting a solution for it. And you're, you fail miserably, but you never, never give up going back to the same authority, your own head. So you're always destined to fail. And after a period of time, the anxiety, yes, which was, could have been just temporary by mistaken identification, becomes the basic baseline of your life. You're constantly seeking and looking for some freaking relief. And you don't even know what from after a while. It's almost like an irritable restlessness and discontent, and you think you're a success when you've gotten really good at disassociating from it. You never, never clear it out. You just disassociate. Just like people come into recovery and they go, I don't have any resentments, and they're the most angry person you've ever seen. But their mind has worked really well. They've totally disassociated like they've never been mad at anyone. They're seething. <laughs> it's incredible energy. So that's what the mind calls success, is disassociation, denial, yes, becoming unconscious to, distracted, but there's no freedom in that whatsoever. It's a form of slavery. Shit, yeah. So there is a solution. To me, I felt it would be nice to get started. So like if you have a cold and you think you have the flu, you may take a lot of flu medicine religiously and you have an expectation you're going to get well and flu and colds have some similar symptoms, but you're not going to get true relief from it because you're misdiagnosed. You know? To me, I think that's what's happened to a lot of us. I believe you've got to take it back a little farther. It's the act of identifying as a self. It's a verb. The mind's doing it. You ever see a helicopter when it's really moving fast? You know, the, the, the thing spinning? And it's spinning so fast, it looks like a solid thing. You ever see that? It's like an optical illusion. Yeah? It's a verb going like this, but... When you look at it, it seems like it's not moving anymore. So it's a big thing, yeah? That's what it's like with the self-thing. The self-thing to the mind, I mean the mind, not the conditioned mind, the mind. The self-thing is going like this. And in the reflection, the mind takes something to be solid. And that thing that's to be solid is presented as you. And then the mind becomes identified as that, yes? And then you see now, everything you reflect now is reflected from this as being what you are, instead of spirit as being what you are. And then the malady, the spiritual malady, just geometrically progresses because it has time to do so. Yes? We're in time here. And so a little problem not addressed can become a big problem. It geometrically progresses. So it demonstrates its effect in time on us, yeah? as us. Yeah? It's like you used to get away with something when you're young. When you're 39 or 40, it's not going to look too cute. I'm telling you. The same shit that you're getting away with, you won't get away with. Once your looks go and stuff like that, fucking people are going to put up with anything you put on. I've seen it. I've had it happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being in a long jail sentence. <laughs> it progresses, yes. <laughs> so what happened with me is simply the change was so unbelievable when 
First, I held a thought that was mine as an alcoholic thought. I got some relief there. Yeah, I started to realize, Jesus Christ, Jeremy has my thoughts. He has my feelings. He has my reactions to life. Obviously, how did he get them? Or they're not mine. And then, it was a very sneaking suspicion of the takeover. That's something. Because I had a period of my life, like my golden years were like between two and four, yeah? I wasn't in an abusive situation when I was a kid. And there was a real joy a lot of the time there. Very unbidden joy and just immediacy and spontaneity. But something happened and there was an outgrowing of that or a growing into something else, yeah? And as I started to grow into that, the thought system just revved up more and more. Now, instead of living, I had a narration about living, yeah? And my attention, instead of on what I was doing, was on what was being said about what I was doing. Yeah? <laughs> and I got, I sort of like got dismissed from the game, and I went into like the narrator's booth, and I followed what his or her take was on what was happening, and I gave up my own responsibility of having a life, in a sense. I would go home, and my mind would tell me how the day was. Even though I was in the whole day. I had no clue what happened until it made up this little proclamation. That was a bad day you had today. Oh, okay, thanks. Then they'd call other people up and they'd signify, yes, I had a bad day too. Oh, so we all had bad days. Who the fuck knew what was going on? I mean, if you are in a day, let's say work, and at 9 o'clock the mind tells you it was a bad day, you've got to realize you're out to lunch. You're on that time, much of a time delay? Some people, it's years. <laughs> really, they don't have a clue what happened for years. And then the mind informs them. Yes? Could you imagine if you were dying now? Let's say we're in bed and it was a long-term death or whatever. You're losing yourself at this hospital. And then the head that you've always relied on, just before you die, breaks the news that your whole life was worthless. Can you imagine what that hell would be like if you believed that? Just like the hell you're having now, believing it. <laughs> Shit. You're conscious. Let consciousness inform you of what's happening, not your fucking head. Yeah. Find out instead of knowing. Find out what your day's like instead of knowing what your day's like when you wake up. I know it's going to suck. This is all God playing by the mind, yeah? Could you imagine if you had a little bit of suspension of belief in that, and then you could just find out, see how the day went. You may be really surprised that your ideas don't really frame the picture how it develops during the day. It sure will if you're not interested in how it develops. You're just interested in the frame, which is to be right or whatever it is you have, or maybe it is to be wrong. But if the frame is what you're interested in proving, fuck it, it'll be easy to do that. But if you don't believe in the framing, then life will sort of spell itself out over time in a day. Yeah? And then your ideas of good and bad get really, really strange because how can you say what's good or bad? Yes. You have no idea really how things go. Some people come into recovery and they have, they're really clear about the worst thing that ever happened to them. And then a year later in sobriety, they change it, and it's now the best thing that ever happened to them. Can you see how dramatically different things can be? You're so sure something was the worst thing that ever happened to you, then there's a change of mind, and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. That's an extreme shift, don't you think? Just, just definitely 
verifying that you and I give everything the meaning it has. It doesn't have a solid meaning. Yeah? And we don't, have we had enough of the self-centered meaning? I mean, Jesus Christ. When you're young, it's easy to be fooled because you think there's more yardage out there and more possibilities. But as you get older, you've gone over every inch of self-centeredness. And I've tried every one of its formulas and possibilities for happiness, joyousness, and freedom. And it never produces the goods. It spends, it's like Budweiser. It knows it's a shitty beer, so it spends all its money on advertising. You know? That's all it does. It sucks. Yeah? This thing is totally advertising all fucking day because it can't deliver the goods. You're always on, isn't your happiness always on a layaway plan, isn't it? You've got to jump through a few more hoops or get this thing and then that. And then it'll be great. Now, no, but it will be great. It's like a giant carrot that our mind just follows, never having the real meal, but hoping it's going to be a great meal. And it's an incessant hope. I mean, it's very difficult to kill that hope. It'll constantly put out, it will make this place unbearable by making a mythical place that's great. That's what it does. If you notice, this is a neutral, a, a, this is neutral right now. It's just like an empty canvas waiting to have meaning put on it. Yes? What happens is, if you have a future canvas that says that's going to be great there, what you're really painting now is that this sucks. That's what it does. You think, that's what I'm living for. But no, this is what you're living as. What it's painting right now is what you're living as. And part of what you're living as is this, is the hope that it's going to be great later. Fucking, it's unbelievable. your foot down. No, stop. Just sit. There's a silence that has sound in it and it's not thought. Put your attention on that for a little while. If you find it. Do you ever have, hear a lot of noise in your head? It seems to always be there. Rely on that for five minutes instead of your thought system. See what happens. Yeah? You sense the space of this room. It's fucking pregnant and alive. Energy's just sparkling and crackling all over. But to us, we're mostly dead, you know? Because we're tuned into this station that's all about the past and projecting that past into our future. It wasn't even your past. It's made up. Have you ever been with friends that you did, a, let's say, a thing together, like rob a, one night we wrote, we robbed a step band, yeah? About eight of us. We were at a kegger. And then we went over and there was a auto place across the street and sounded like a great idea see if any keys were in this one step in had keys in it so we stole it and we drove around and we hit into an oil tanker so you know the semi rubbed into it and then the cops came and we all got flushed out of the car and then I'd gone back there to talk to some of my old friends and we all had different takes on actually what happened one guy was the driver the, and the other guy's story he was the driver John Barrow ran away the other time he got arrested I mean it was all made up this is what you're relying on to pontificate about how bad it's going to be <laughs> for you. Shit. So let's say you're sitting here right now. Let's say you're having a really good day. How long does it last before your head starts percolating? When are they going to find out I don't deserve this? When are they going to figure out I'm a fraud? 
yet the same head, if you're having a bad day, says it's going to last forever. Yeah. You really want that to interpret your life for you? Shorten all the good, elongate all the quote-unquote bad? Come on. You think you're going to appease it by following it and it's going to give you a break? This is slavery, in a sense. Your mind has been given over to an idea. It's like a transfer of, of a living opportunity to express to a parasite. And then turning it over to the parasite, now the parasite's using us to express itself through. Like it says in recovery, read the book. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations. The next paragraph is resentment. The inventory process in this light is you're taking a look at the expressions of selfing in your life. And then if you have a lot of the expressions of selfing, which is the three grosser ones are resentments, fears, and harming other people. The other ones are self-pity and all this other shit, yeah? If you see there's a lot of its expressions, there must be an identification as it. Because it's just walking into every aspect of what you call your life, and you're never asking for its papers. Because, oh, there I am. Well, let's think about this situation. <laughs> and you believe your idea of the situation, you'd really like it to work out, the parasite's agenda may, I want to have a lot of drama. Yeah, that's my food. I want to have someone flip out. I want to get angry. These are what I feed on. You're thinking, oh, I really want to have this work out. No, what's running your life has a different agenda. And then it's always seemingly surprising when it doesn't fucking work. Because you think, I have the best of intentions. But this has, this has a deep intention, but you'll see its intention by the activity going through you. But what's incredible is this power, this grace, is much greater than the parasite. What it does is it has a damn good strategy because when there's a transformation occurring or, or the possibility of one to this, it will call it you and it will diminish the effects of the grace. That's what it does. Yeah, you're open to the light, but what's opening to the light is like a black hole. It sucks that light and then that light gets used. But if you entertain I'm not that, then man, you know, real radical relief can occur. A, a sense of traveling lighter. You know, a stabilized sense of traveling lighter throughout your life. You see the thought system has failed. And there's, not, no, not, there's no reliance on it anymore. Yes? You're relying on what you can't put your finger on. You just rely on some energy that's not conceptualized. And you come to believe it. Because it's true. Proof is in the pudding. You're not looking for happiness anymore. You're looking from happiness in a lot of times. It's not always happiness, joy, and freedom. Life happens. But there's a, a lightness to what's actually living. There's such a heaviness to what's interpreting the life. It really is. But what's living it is light. What's interpreting it is very heavy. So, 
they seem to work. They may not they may not be able to admit it because what they thought was going to happen hasn't, but if over time they'd have to begrudgingly admit it, things have gotten lighter. I have total confidence in the mind. Not conditioned mind, but mind. Yeah. The mind that you were in as seemingly when you were a kid. That hasn't gone anywhere. Yes? It's just been boxed in and structured. But that structure doesn't define it. Becoming identified with the structure defines it. Once it entertains I'm not that, it's never been that structure. It's never been that small. It's never been that like mental yogic posture of self-centeredness. It's never been in this. It's like stretching out. Self-centeredness is the same. Alcoholism, alcoholism is just a more extreme example of it, yeah? But self-centeredness is the same. Spirit has taken itself to be a body. And now, and for some of us, we're trying to become spiritual, which is like a very ironic twist. <laughs> you know, it really is. The, the, the delusion to go that far where the spirit is trying to become spiritual is an amazing situation. When this is just a recognized recognition, I'm not that, which my mind presents to me, and then you find out you are quote unquote spiritual. <laughs> There's nothing else you could be. The whole time. The whole time. No time and the whole time. What? No time and the whole time. Not the whole time every second. No time. In no time you are spiritual. In time you can look like you're not. Yes. But in no time that's what you are. Whatever that may mean to you. To me, it's just, I, it, it's a sense of no-thingness, but I would say, uh, there's an awareness of that no-thingness, and it seems to be, somewhat its effects on this little carcass seem to be beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, have you ever known, have you ever really thoroughly sensed the third step? I spent two years in a program, Delancey Street, lived there. 85, 87, 24-7. When I graduated from there, I went back out. But I had to admit that my life was better with them running it than it ever did with me running it. Yes, that's quit playing God. You're not managerial quality. Surrender, give it up, drop the rock, however we say it. But that is the most important aspect because the selfing is just playing God. What is the, it's telling you how you are, how you're going to be, how they are, how they're going to be, how the world is, everything, on and on. It's constantly pontificating from an imaginary throne. Yeah. got no juice except yours. It seems real to you. It doesn't seem real at all, but to a you it seems real. The you is the key, not that it seems real or not. The you is the key. If you're not real, you'll see the difference in what seems to be real. Yeah? Yeah. Everything seems to be real to you. <laughs> you are the very important... See, there's a lot of things that may seem to be real to you, but there's only one you they seem to be real to. I would look at that. You want to change the meaning of this place? I would look not at the things, but at the you having those things, yeah? Or engage with those things. I would question that. Because that is, is in relationship with all of this. All of this 
is really all of this, what it means to you, is determined by that. Yeah. Why would you want to waste all the time trying to get these things all right? Look at that. Yeah. Turn the attention back on. What? I keep thinking. Yes, that's oh, right. Just that, turn your attention. Why did that person do that? To hmm? Hmm? Why did that person do that? To who? To me. <laughs> of suffering. That was a huge yes. Well, blame is a huge thing. You've got to look at a system. Yeah? The system we're relying on. You can tell it's failed by what it gets into a lot. Excuses, yeah? Rationalization and blame. Yeah? In other words, it's not delivering the goods. And so not to, not to face up to that fact, it makes excuses all the fucking time. Rationalizations or blame either them or itself, but blame. You're the reason why it hasn't worked. No, it's a failed system. Yeah. It's a failed system. If you follow the book, look at it. It's a very big statement. Why do you have so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? What's self-reliance? Playing God. What's playing God? What you're not. When you recognize you're not that, that's the end of it, playing God. It will keep playing God, but it's your juice that allows it to be God, yeah? I would say you're God, in a sense. And the mental process plays God with your juice. Jesus says it's done according to your belief. If you believe you're this, everything's going to really seem real to you. Definitely. Most definitely. Hallelujah. A real solution to an imaginary problem. Instead of taking the imaginary problem real and getting and then shops constantly shopping for thousands of solutions to it, because none ever really work, doesn't <laughs> Well you wouldn't be shopping anymore. This is seeing it's maybe just an imaginary problem. And what would you need to do to an imaginary problem? Nothing. Just recognizing it's imaginary. In other words, it's not you. Recognizing it's an imaginary nature, there's nothing needed to do. There's the, oh, there's the freedom instantaneously. Now, does it kick in for some? No, because there seems to be a lot to do out here. But anyone, whoever gets or seems to entertain it, will say deeply, I need it, do nothing. I need, do nothing. Because that is the fact. What you are has never been altered or changed by what you think you are. Not one bit. It has its own nature. If you don't believe your head, you'll find out about it. If you believe your head, you'll make it an object. And you'll never get it. You're not going to get it ever. You don't get this message. This message is about like a wrench in the works of selfing, so that the selfing will be startled into stopping, and then you'll sense something keeps continuing when you seem to stop. Yeah? When you, as presented by your head, stops from having that selfing startle, there's you. You are that awareness, and you become aware of the selfing stopping. Yes? just seen your original face. Now the head will try to claim it, but one peak sometimes can do it. Maybe you'll need to 
have repetition and get a glimpse of it a lot until one day the emphasis will shift and when the head recoagulates you won't your attention will not believe that yes it will be resting in what so and that's your immunity to it it happened tonight it's, it's always a possibility because it's not of time it's not a solution of time yeah it's of no time it doesn't take any time for it to drop in but what occurs is in a way, how it's lived is all those hooks, let's say you get like 50 hooks get dropped and then you maybe become aware of 30 but still 20 seem to get you, that number drops more and more. Less and less hooks get you. And so your attention is unbridled or unconditioned or not wedded to the idea of being you as a body. And then it just becomes obvious that's you're outshining circumstances and situations. You know, what you are is bright. So, you'll try to get just with some old reliable hooks. I'm a loser. I'll never get what I want. Or I'll never be loved the way I think I should be loved or whatever. And then at one time that drop will drop in and there'll be no grasping it and you'll just be fucking free. Yes. Some more hooks for you. And then if the mind grabs it, it inevitably has to let go because everything that's grabbed gets let go. And then the same space will be available free. After a while, you realize all these movements don't take away the freedom, the underlying freedom. Yeah? You may be on a long train of thought, but once you get off, that's there it is again, the pause. Yeah? You don't have to go, oh, I was on a train of thought. That would be another train of thought. You just... Get into the joy of being off the train of thought. Yeah, see what I mean? There it is, the pause. When you stop and honor the pause instead of the system of thought, the pause will become more dramatic to you. Yes? Because you give everything the meaning it has. Even the pause. You make it valuable. You make the space and the silence valuable. And then it, then your value and your emphasis shifts from the thoughts about the space and the silence and how it pertains to you as a spiritual seeker but the space and the silence. Yeah? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. So the pause grabs you. It's like seeing your original face. Then the mind's activity may get louder, but there's something that's not forgetting. forgotten. It just sticks. It's like an unspoken yes. And then the emphasis, like the foreground of all your things and you as a thing and your constant preoccupation with that will move to the background and what was in the background, the space that allow all things to appear will move to the foreground. Your attention will be into the space more than what shows up. And days will be just sort of like a but the continual state of consciousness, the underlying fact of allness, never different never taking off, never blinking, always so, will start intimating itself to you. And you'll travel lighter yeah, through whatever the terrain of your life is. I don't know what destiny has in store for this apparatus, this one or yours, but I know you'll travel lighter through it. That's for sure. circumstances that you're going to be engaged with in this life. Wow, that's a nice idea, nice solution to me. 
Yeah, it's really cool. And it's really better when you travel. Like it's really cool. It really proves itself over time. It just keeps, you know, things work out. So hey, let's uh, any questions? I have beautiful t shirts too. Dancing monk t shirts. I'm actually a t shirt salesman. <laughs> the talking is just like a preliminary. That's Get the real it. business of commerce. Huh? <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yap and yap, and then, then you think, oh, I, you know, just buy a shirt to shut them up. And there you go. I have a box that we can, can look at them, so, or not, it doesn't matter. So, I oh, will pass the basket, yeah. Do I have a, anyone have a hat that I can borrow? Can we pass that around? Oh, thanks. Well, it's good to see the old alumni. Yeah. I mean, it's not a question, but I just absolutely justify that it's like, wow, repetition. Yeah, good. Repetition. Yeah. Cannot be trumped. And what you said tonight, you know, like, I never look at my obsession with slavery until I'm knee-deep in the shit looking at all the junk in my house, or real junk in my life, where I'm like, wow, I did not have this three months ago. Yeah. And now I've got a power shed. Yeah. And it's doing no long-lasting. Research. I don't know if it was, you know, people that drinking green tea forever with yeah. the hopes that it does something, and then they had this new research that says if you if you put it in boiling water, it doesn't produce anything. <laughs> and they millions and millions of people have drank green tea oh, in boiling water. So it, everything changes all the fucking time. What was good when we were young? Milk? No, no milk. No. Eight years of drinking milk. You know, baloney. No, no baloney. You know, it just switches there. It's just all, everything is dualistically, yeah? Things go yes and no here, yeah? What was good at one time, 30 years ago, is now bad. It just all shifts. It's just a big dream. Trippy as hell. But there's something, a position of neutrality that doesn't play that game, yeah? It, it's aware of the game, but it doesn't become a participant in the game. Yeah, it the, yes, my mind thinks it's getting closer to God because it's wearing white, let's say, <laughs> or listening to some, you know, chanting. Then it's far away because I looked at a Playboy or something. You know what I mean? This is the thing. But all there is is the consciousness. Yeah, that doesn't get that doesn't come up and down. That's always so. Your head wants to make it something based on you. So it wants to think, I'm, I did something. I'm really conscious. And then if you believe that, you'll do something that makes you unconscious. <laughs> but this is about entertaining all there is is consciousness yes all there is is that one scene seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching later and yeah. think about it. So you leave 
the, let's say, the activity of living, and you, mo- you go into a mental realm, which it just interprets what its, t- what its take about living is, yeah? And it's always based on an idea from the past. And the past doesn't even exist, yes? In other words, most people are reacting to what's not happening all day. Most of people's anxiety is not happening. It's thinking about something that hasn't happened. Yes? You haven't felt it, seen, tasted, but the mind produces an effect as if it was happening, but it's not happening. Like people have totally flipped out. Next week they believe they're going to be destitute. But are they actually destitute now? No. But their belief, and they're having fear or anxiety. No, it's not fear, it's anxiety. And they're having anxiety now about what they believe is going to be happening to them later. That is produced by playing God. When the mind plays God, it produces effects in you as a body. You're a true devotee to the mind if you're living in anxiety. You're a devotee of the mind, the conditioned mind. You believe in every fucking thought from the thought system. So your faith in that thought system, or what we call reliance on self, is producing anxiety. The same faith, the same faith, if given over to a power greater than that, it produces an ease and comfort in your own skin now. It's the exact same energy. It's just what it's put into. If it's put into your thoughts, you're going to be fucking worried (laughs) about something sooner or later. Yeah? If you put it into something other than the thought system, you seem to feel okay. Shit. And when the shit hits the fan, you have the wherewithal to it. Like you said, you're doing the IRS. There's no thinking about it. You're just showing up and doing what he thinks the next right thing, and it pans out. Yeah. But the head, when it would think about doing the taxes, it would tell you, you're going to be going to jail. So therefore, my solution not to go to jail is don't do the taxes. Hey, it worked. Until ten years they find you. <laughs> now you do go to jail. That's, that's what happens. <laughs> I know. That's right. But it's all, your relief is temporary. But, but for me, 